blocks until the middle of June when we move south to Grinnell. Even though the north end of downtown Main Street is closed, the sidewalks remain open and the businesses within the work zone are accessible to pedestrians and protected from the construction. Lots of great businesses down there. Be sure to check them out and offer your support. Wondering where to park? There's plenty of parking on Gould and Brook Street as well as several parking lots. A short, heart-healthy walk from downtown. Enjoy the walk and the opportunity to explore downtown on your way to your final destination. To stay current on the progress of this project, attend one of our weekly project meetings every Wednesday at 1.30 at ERA Carroll Realty, 306 North Main Street. Can't make the meeting? Follow Sheridan Main Street Project on Facebook and Instagram or visit the City of Sheridan's website. Thank you for your patience and understanding. Hi, this is Patrick from Harker Mellinger. Our advisory services are designed for entrepreneurs and small business owners so you can focus on your business. Our relationship is customized for what you want and need to ensure your business is as efficient as it should be. We will evaluate your business and provide solutions you will benefit from. We will coach you through each step of the process from start to finish. Contact us today, Harker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. Are you a good listener? Has anyone ever accused you of being a problem solver? Someone who likes to help others have success? If so, Sheridan Media would like to talk to you. Have you ever posted something on social media that had all your friends and family laughing? Have you ever fought off a bear? If so, let's talk. Not necessarily about bears, we just think that would be a cool story. Here at Sheridan Media, we have a ton of fun helping businesses grow and we could use some more help. We're looking for an advertising and marketing professional. You'll earn a base salary plus commission and receive benefits like health, dental, and retirement. So if you or someone you know has marketing and advertising experience or any of the previously mentioned skills, please send your resume to jim at sheridanmedia.com. That's jim at sheridanmedia.com. Sheridan Media is an employee-owned and equal opportunity employer. Ready to show your mom some love this Mother's Day? Look no further than the contest page at SheridanMedia.com. Landon's Greenhouse Nursery and Landscaping is giving one lucky mother a $250 gift certificate to the store. Imagine the smile on mama's face as she's picking out her favorite plants, flowers, and gardening supplies. Visit the contest page at SheridanMedia.com from May 1st to the 10th for your chance to enter and spoil mom this Mother's Day. Thank you to Landon's Greenhouse Nursery and Landscaping for making this sweepstakes possible. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash in a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Counting on God will be receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. This morning we are joined by Wyoming Game and Fish Public Information Specialist, 
Christina Schmidt. Good morning, Christina. Good morning. It's good to have you back in the studio. Uh, I missed you. What was it last month? You had uh, uh, the commission meeting, I think, was where you were at. Yes, I was gone, and you had Reed, our aquatic invasive species specialist here. He's great. He uh, is. I love the information that that guy gives out. Oh, he's great, yeah. And it's so important. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and we will talk about that uh, here in a little bit. But first, we had a really long winter. Um, you and I were talking about this before the show. We're not sure what our death toll is here in the region, but uh, how do we gauge that? Yeah, so our biologists have taken reports, certainly, um, through the winter from folks who have reported um, carcasses. Uh, we, if folks remember, we talked um, in January, we collared, we started a new study uh, on mule deer and collared um, 210 mule deer, and that was bucks, does, and fawns. Um, so having those collars on allowed our biologists to get a glimpse of survival of those animals, at least, um, because when an animal dies, um, a mortality signal is sent out, meaning, you know, if the animal hasn't moved in a set number of hours, it, it alerts the biologist, hey, there may be a mortality here. Then they can go out and on the ground, go and determine if, yes, it is deceased or not, um, collect that collar, get the data off it, and try to uh, determine a cause of death. So um, we can get out pretty quickly um, and look at those. So that's a good source of data. Um, and, and certainly we did have fawns, uh, lost quite a few fawns that were collared. That is not unusual in a winter. Uh, fawns tend to be very susceptible to a hard winter like we had. Um, so just to be clear, I think folks are very familiar with, with what has happened down um, in the kind of southwest part of the state with winter conditions. They're very severe. And we definitely, I think everyone would agree, had a long winter. Um, and so we expect normal to slightly above normal mortality um, on animals. And like I said, the fawns tend to be that age class. And, and older animals um, tend to be the ones that would not have it make it through the winter and if you think about it fawns in their first few months of life are all the nutrition they're taking in is going to growth rather than accumulating fat and accumulating fat is what will help get them through the winter so an adult that's done with its bodily growth is going to accumulate fat through the summer spring summer fall that fawn has not had the time to accumulate fat. Yeah. So there's not, they don't have those reserves to get through the winter. So that tends to be the age class that would um, have a harder time for sure. So we're not expecting as much as say Evanston, Rock Springs, Green River, right. but those, we are expecting some. Yeah, Certainly, yeah. Um, you know, and the thing is these animals don't bounce back very quickly either. You know, I, we've had this great, sunny weather things are starting to green up but you got to think these animals have been deteriorating in condition for quite a long time they don't immediately bounce back um so um certainly a lot that i see around still are are looking in pretty rough shape um you know just trying to build back body condition so that being said you know we certainly ask folks as they get out and start recreating keep in mind these animals are coming out of a rough winter um 
make sure you're not causing them undue stress if you're out recreating, you know, biking, hiking, whatever you might be doing. Keep in mind, we still don't want to stress them and cause them to have to run away and, and lose energy unnecessarily. Uh, pets, unfortunately, we've had um, not just here, but over in Gillette, several reports of dogs chasing deer. Um, you know, make sure you keep your pets. Uh, if you're recreating, keep them leashed. Uh, if you live somewhere where you don't have a fence, try to contain them somehow. Because uh, a lot of dogs do have that impulse to to chase and unfortunately do sometimes catch them and, and kill them. Last night we let the dog out and we have a fenced yard. So we thought, no worries. And there was a deer in the middle of the yard and she did what she does. Chased her out of the yard. Uh, as soon as she was beyond the fence, our, our animal had no issue with it. But uh, I looked at my wife and I said, oh man, get up, you know, go out there and make sure that she didn't lay you know someone down out there before she jumped that fence just in case there's a baby out there we need to know so luckily she was on her own uh she actually didn't look too bad luckily enough i think she's one of those deer not very scared of uh people in town probably been eating on some yards for a little while she looked a little thick uh not a whole lot of uh fur uh damage i guess you could say because that's whenever i see a sick deer i've noticed that there's like patches that are usually gone uh in their fur well and some of that depending on the time of year is is that changeover of their coat too so that kind of depends i i I guess what i've seen like you said even in groups i've seen some that look okay and some that look pretty bony you know you can see the hips you can see the so even within groups there seems to be some some discrepancies there so um you know definitely you know had a hard winter um you know keep giving them time and space because uh, they they do need time to recover for sure now the commission pulled back on, on the amount of tags that they're going to be given out this year in the sheridan region we had already done that so on, on top of what the commission did we didn't add any reduced numbers to that correct so our biologists had made proposals to the commission uh, that included reductions prior to consideration of of winter conditions uh, because we were dealing with some other factors. Kind of crazy to think after the winter we had with lots of snow, most folks are aware we were dealing with drought conditions the past couple years. We've had, you know, very dry, very hot conditions, um, which has impacted habitat. Um, So we were, you know, our biologists took that into consideration and um, certainly in northeast wyoming and various places we've had um past couple years disease outbreaks um episodic hemorrhagic disease um is is a virus similar to blue tongue they they are actually two different viruses but ehd and blue tongue uh, and we did see that um with deer uh, and pronghorn here uh the gillette area the black hills so there were definitely pockets of that uh, the past couple years so we were dealing with some other issues that we knew we wanted to uh, address in the proposal so there were already reductions and and our biologists felt that those reductions um had some proper protections for populations so well that's good to hear that we didn't have to reduce those numbers any farther and and i think the the reasons for reducing those numbers in the first place was adequate uh, to say the least 
One other issue uh, due to the long winter are the uh, game and fish. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me take a step back. For those who may not know, uh, what are the wilderness habitat management areas? Oh, wildlife habitat management Wildlife, areas. yes, yep. yes, yes. Wildlife. Yep. So WHMAs, we call them wildlife habitat management areas. So these are properties owned by the Game and Fish Commission. Okay. Um, and folks, I think, are very familiar with them. We have several along the face of the Bighorn. We have these are scattered throughout the state as well, but here in the Sheridan region, we have the Amston Creek uh, by Dayton, Kearns up by the Montana-Wyoming state line, uh, Bud Love down by Buffalo, Edo Taylor near KC, and a new one that was just purchased this year, the Ellis. Uh, these are areas that Game and Fish Commission has purchased very specifically for the protection of winter range for big game animals and some of these are very old the amsden uh amsden and kerns are more than 70 and 75 years old they're they've been in uh, in place for decades so uh, a lot of foresight back in the 1940s uh, to protect these areas uh, because winter range of course is kind of the deciding factor for a lot of populations to get through the winter do they have good places to be, um, to get forage, protection from the weather, all of that during the winter. So these are very important areas uh, because they have these very specific uses. That is what they are for, is to protect winter range. Um, they are closed annually during the winter to all human presence. So people are not allowed in there for any reason. So they will begin opening. So, and, and they all have different closing times. Some closed in like mid-November. Bud Love, I think, doesn't close until end of December. Um, so we do have all of this listed on our website for all of them around the state, what the opening and closing dates are. And there are some in the state that don't ever close. Oh, really? Yes. And they may have been purchased for different reasons. For example, Yellowtail, I think, um, on the other side of the Bighorns, that was purchased for uh, waterfowl habitat, those kinds of things. So a different purpose, still wildlife related, but a different purpose. So because it's not big game winter range, it doesn't need to be closed. Um, and I'm thinking off my head, I hope I'm right with that. It's not in our region, but there are some that don't close. Um, and there are some that would maybe have a shorter opening. And that being said, even though we have these standard opening times, there have been in the past uh, where if you have a significant winter, they will keep that closed longer than the standard opening date. For our region for this year, uh, we determined to go ahead with our usual standard opening date. And for the Amsden, Bud Love, Ellis, and Edo Taylor, that will be May 15th at 8 a.m. Um, until then, these areas are still closed. Um, they are not open for any recreation at all. Uh, no human presence. And again, this is to protect uh, big game. Uh, but they will open uh, May 15th at 8 a.m. The Kearns does not open until June 1st at 8 a.m. So that's, um, and, and that is its standard opening time too. It's just, um, Again, different habitat, different weather conditions up there. So it has always had um, a slightly later opening date. So when it comes to these areas, uh, 
are people allowed to look for shed in these areas? If if they're for big game, I would imagine there's probably quite a bit in there. It depends on the area. It depends on the area and where the animals spend the winter. But um, yeah, once they open, they are open for recreation, which could include shed hunting. Um, some people go hiking. Some people go walk their dogs. Some people go horseback riding. Um, so there are some recreational opportunities. Um, again, they can't interfere with the original intent of the purchase of those properties, uh, which at least in our area are for big game winter range. So that's why we have those closures. It's good to hear that we're not having to actually extend those opening or the extend those closures this year. Uh, again, another sign that we didn't receive the kind of winter that uh, certain sections of the state actually did. Now, uh, moving on, let's talk about some aquatic invasive species. Uh, what does the situation look like at the beginning of our season? Well, um, certainly weather is turning and people are getting out a bit more. We've had lots of folks coming in to register their boats, getting ready for boating season. Uh, so just a reminder, we have had our watercraft check stations open for several weeks uh, on limited hours. Uh, for example, the Sheridan one, which is across from the Game and Fish Office at the Travel and Tourism Center, that's been open Thursday through Sundays. Starting next Tuesday on the 16th, it's going to be open seven days a week, um, just in anticipation of a lot more boat traffic coming through. Um, so that will be um, happening next week. Uh, we've talked, and I'm sure we did as well, that we have expanded check stations on the eastern border to address the heightened risk from Pactola Reservoir. Now that that uh, reservoir in the Black Hills was documented to have zebra mussels last July. So there was a uh, check station added in Newcastle and in Manville's, um, in addition to Beulah and Keyhole. So there are several in that corner now. What's the feeling like? Are they still optimistic about keeping some of these invasive species out? Yeah, you know, and one thing that I think is really neat uh, when we go and um, I've done some education program with kids. Uh, we did a boat show in Rapid City in February where we were visiting with adults. There's just a lot of uh, knowledge about zebra mussels and aquatic invasive species, it has surprised me. It, it has been a good education campaign, um, I think even nationally. People know about these critters. They know the threats they pose. So, um, you know, for the most part, I think everybody is, is, is on board wanting to prevent the accidental introduction of something like this, uh, something like zebra or quagga mussels. So, um, yeah, I'm optimistic uh, for sure. Um, you know, and we really rely on the public's help to, to make sure that we don't have an accidental introduction. So that's why we have these check stations. Um, that's why we ask folks to clean, drain, and dry. So make sure when you leave a water body, everything, you're not carrying any standing water because for zebra and quagga mussels, especially in their juvenile state, they're microscopic. So you may not see an actual adult muscle, but they could be in the water. Yeah, so, you might be thinking that's just a little puddle. You what may am think I concerned? It's a little puddle. So that's that's the importance of making sure everything's uh, drained. Don't have any standing water in your boat as you move it between waters. Um, and not just zebra and quagga mussels. We tend to forget the plant species, and these can be kind of yucky too. Um, curly pondweed is one we have, which 
uh, is an invasive plant species, and it gets in. Um, Reed actually bought a special rake uh, at, and removed, I think it was 80 pounds of of uh, curly pondweed from around a boat dock. You know, it just oh, builds yeah, up yeah. into this really thick mat of vegetation, which makes it really unpleasant for, you know, being in the water or trying to get your boat in and out. You know, it's, it's, it's unpleasant. So even that is something that can be transferred to water. So that's where the clean part comes in, right? So drain everything, make sure you don't have any standing water. But this vegetation, you know, you pull your boat out of the water, there could be chunks of it on your propeller or on the hull or, or whatever. Get all of that off of there before you move to another location. You know, that uh, when we were in the, when I was in the guard, my unit had boats that we would take from one area to the other. And uh, we had to take care of them quite a bit, not as extensively as we would have to now. Uh, but uh, yeah, when it comes to draining them, drying them, getting them ready for the next body of water, I could imagine that one reason why they probably pulled that unit and replaced them with infantry is because they were like, we don't want to get these checked every single time. <laughs> the National Guard has to follow that, uh, those rules, just like yeah, everybody yeah, else. Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people know that. We would have to pull over and get all of those boats inspected, not just the boats, but the bridge equipment itself, because that goes from water body to water body. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And just a reminder for anglers, check your equipment. You know, again, make sure you're not accidentally moving something uh, that you wouldn't want to. Um, and along those lines, just a reminder for folks, if you pass an open check station with your watercraft, you do have to stop. So even if uh, you've stopped at one on your route of travel already, you come across another, even though you've been checked, you do still have to stop. And what happens at these is they'll check um, and provide you paperwork and a seal on your boat. So if you were then to get to another check station when you come through, they'll say, oh, the seal's attached, you have your paperwork, you've already been checked, they'll get you right back on the road. So the problem is if you blow past it, no one knows. They don't know. You know, so make sure. Um, and our technicians, we got a great group of technicians. They work really hard to, they know you're trying to get somewhere and start your weekend or start your boat trip. They're, they are, I mean, they have a job to do and they'll do it thoroughly, but they recognize, um, you know, they're trying to get you out of there as quickly as possible once they've done what they need to do. They don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, you know, <laughs> they want to, they want to go. If, if that was them, they'd want the same thing. All right. After the break, we're going to have more with the Wyoming Game and Fish. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash in a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media as part of their community commitment. Counting on God will be receiving these funds Per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Rackleton's is now back for dinner on Monday nights. And attention all ladies looking for a fun night out with your girlfriends? Come join us at Frackleton's Monday evenings where ladies get happy hour prices all evening. Relax and unwind in our stylish and welcoming atmosphere and let our friendly staff take care of all your needs. Whether you're celebrating a special occasion or just catching up with friends, dinner at Frackleton's Mondays with our ladies' night is the perfect way to do it. Don't miss out. 
See you on Monday evenings at Brackleton's. Well, it's just a fact that sometimes the water well you have is just not the water well you wished you had. What if you turned on your tap and a little country band drained out singing, Water, water, cool, clear water. Well, that's just what 307 Wildcat Well Service delivers. They'll bore down no Mother Earth and find you that water. Now get ready for a phone number, 217-2155. Or find 307 Wildcat Well Service on Facebook. And you too will have cool, clear water. When you hear the name Noah's Auto Glass, what do you think of? Do you realize that we can service more than just passenger vehicles? Hi, this is Cindy. Here at Novus, we can repair and replace glass in semi-trucks, farm equipment, construction equipment, RVs, and classic vehicles. We can even come to you. If your restoration project has gotten overwhelming, we can help get you over the top. Stop in or call today to make an appointment. Novus Auto Glass, 347 North Main, 672-0139. How fun is your job? When was the last time you jumped out of bed before the alarm and got to work early? Do folks around your office laugh enough? When you get a win, does everyone celebrate your success? Does solving creative problems give you a thrill? Yes! We know that thrill. And if you want more of it, we want to hear from you. Sheridan Media works with local business to increase revenue and grow the bottom line. We do it by creating smart, creative advertising on air, online, in print, and through digital devices. Every day, the Sheridan Media team comes to work and does the job that makes things better for our listeners, our clients, and our community. Sheridan Media is currently hiring a sales and marketing professional. If you're a creative, hardworking problem solver, we're looking for you. You'll earn a base salary plus commission. Plus, we offer health insurance, dental, a retirement plan, and generous paid time off. Sound good? Sound like leaping out of bed for Send your resume to Jim at SheridanMedia.com. That's Jim at SheridanMedia.com. Sheridan Media is an employee-owned company and an equal opportunity employer. This is Floyd Whiting, and I wanted to welcome you to Jackalope's Explore, the new video podcast from Sheridan Media. This is unlike any other podcast. We do a deep dive into the jackalope hole on a myriad of topics. UFOs? Yep. Bigfoot? Oh yeah. Local, national, and global politics? You betcha. Social media and conspiracies? Yeah. Join the Jackpack Weekly at SheridanMedia.com, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The paranormal is just so much fun, right, Christina? (laughs) All right. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. Proudly brought to you by the First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, we're talking with Christina Schmidt. She's the public information specialist for the Wyoming Game and Fish. Now, we were talking about AIS before we went to the break. There was one thing. I went to the break a little fast. Tongue River. Yeah, so we have a lot of folks that travel up to Tongue River Reservoir in Montana for boating and fishing. Um, One thing, and and this was true last year as well, um, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks did not have and will not this year have an AIS watercraft check station at the reservoir up there. They are, Montana state law does require boats to be inspected before launching. So you can no longer, or at least this year, you cannot get that done at Tongue River Reservoir when you arrive, but you can have that done here before you go. So just want to make folks aware, you can come to the check station again on starting on Tuesday. It'll be open seven days a week, uh, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. So lots of opportunity. You can bring your boat to our check station 
And like I explained earlier, you'll get paperwork, you'll have the inspection done, you'll get paperwork, you'll get a seal on your boat. Leave that, you know, once you launch your boat, that seal is broken. But if you're going, um, you know, even if, say, you have time on Tuesday to get the inspection done, but you're not going to go until Saturday, that works. Yeah. The seal stays on your boat and you can come and get that done. Take your boat home. When you're ready to go, you're ready to go. And our inspection will satisfy their requirements. So as long as you have that paperwork and the seal on it. So um, just, you know, think ahead a little bit, making sure, uh, you know, when you go up there that you get that done before you go. Conversely, coming back, the Wyoming state law says that between uh, March 1st and November 30th, any boat that goes out of state, any watercraft that goes out of state, when it comes back into Wyoming, has to be inspected before it's launched in Wyoming. So if you go to Tongue River Reservoir and come back and then want to go to DeSmet next or Glendo or Keyhole, you do have to have an inspection done before you launch in Wyoming. So um, I know living close to the border, uh, a lot of folks go back and forth. Just keep in mind, you do have to have that inspection done. And again, we try to make it as easy as possible with being open seven days a week and, and lots of hours. So before I head up there, just stop by the Game and Fish Department here in town. Essentially, uh, yeah, during, yeah, during yep. open hours. Yep, across they're... the street at the Travel and Tourism Center. Yep, it's a drive-through. Um, well, we have someone there uh, that'll come out and, and make sure you're meeting those requirements. Uh, Christina, you and I are running out of time, but I did want to ask, what uh, have there been any reported run-ins with our furry little friends coming out of hibernation? So bears are active, uh, for sure. We've had reports of bears around. Uh, we haven't had any management actions, uh, you know, moving a bear or anything like that. That being said, this is the time of year where for the next three or four months, you'll hear me asking people to please secure your attractants. Uh, and that's because we really can prevent a lot of conflicts with bears by doing certain things. And most of Sheridan County, Johnson County, um, we even occasionally have bears in Gillette and Rosette. Oh, wow. Um, they, they move, right? Um, and we have bear habitat here. So um, we ask folks to just really be mindful starting, starting now through the fall. Make sure you're taking a look around your property. Any sort of attractants and, and think outside the box. Garbage is a big one. That is a huge one. Um, you know, think about all the yummy stuff in your residential or business garbage that a bear would find very nice. To um, a bear, that's a buffet. It's a buffet. So make sure you're keeping that in your garage, in a shed, in a hard-sided building until the morning and pick up. Then take it out, let it get picked up. If you leave it out for two or three days, you're just providing that opportunity for a bear. And skunks and raccoons and all the other things that you don't want getting into your trash and you have to go out and pick it up so trash is a big one bird feeders are a big one uh, i know folks like to feed birds i do too i do yeah um just be thoughtful about where you're putting those bird feeders hummingbird feeders as well as seed i mean both of those are really attractive high calorie things for bears just put them out of reach of, of a bear um, we have a lot of good information on our bear wise page if you go to our homepage and click on wildlife in wyoming um, there's a large carnivore section we have a whole bunch of information on living and recreating in bear country there's diagrams uh, on on how you can properly hang some of these bird feeders. Uh, bring them in at night if you can. Um, you know, just have them out during the day. Only put a small amount in. 
you know, that, you know, don't fill up a pound of birdseed. Put enough in that, you know, the birds are going to consume it pretty quickly. I'm guilty of that. I fill mine all the way I, up to the I top. I know. It's, it's tempting to do it, then you don't have to do it every day. But, you know, if you take that little extra step of just put a little bit at a time, the birds can get it. But if a bear happens by, they're not going to get a food reward from that. Um, and backyard domestics, certainly. Again, there's some information on our BearWise page. Um Backyard chickens, goats, pigs, beehives, all those things that people are are getting into and and like to raise, which is great. Just keep in mind that is now an attractant to a bear. Uh, And electric fencing works quite well for for some of those type situations and lots of information online on how you could put something um, very effective up to protect those. My dad had uh, an electric fence set up that was just really quick and easy. Uh, I don't know what brand it was or anything like that, but he could just turn it off, move it around. And it was like pretty much, I think, just two wires uh, strung along those cheap old poles, you know. So it was quick to move. And uh, so I know that there's some systems out there that are pretty easy. Uh, you know, the layman can, can hook those up really quick. Just remember, it's an electric fence. It'll pop you as much as it, uh, it'll pop anybody else. Yes. <laughs> Christina, thank you so much for coming in talking with us this morning it's always a pleasure my friend yeah thanks for having me all right after the break we're going to speak with the doctor from sheridan memorial hospital's addiction and internal medicine clinic you're listening to public pulse on 9 30 kroe your business deserves a strong partner First Federal Bank and Trust provides cash management services to help your business collect, disperse, and manage funds. Whether you need merchant services or positive pay fraud protection, our team will find the tools that best support your business. Contact a cash management officer today by visiting efirstfederal.bank. First Federal Bank and Trust is your partner in success. Member FDIC. Our 27th annual open house at Heartland Kubota is this Saturday, May 13th. Hi, this is Krista with Heartland Kubota. Come celebrate with us this Saturday from 9 to 3. Check out the new Kubota Z200 Series residential mower along with our BX subcompact tractors, the ultimate one tractor solution. If that's not going to cut it for you, check out our Kubota haying equipment, all with Kubota's great financing. Come enjoy refreshments, prize drawings, and some awesome company from 9 to 3 this Saturday at Heartland Kubota 2450 Heartland Drive. Every mattress at Moss Holders Design Center is on sale now. Serta is updating their mattress lineup this spring, and Moss Holders needs to make room for the new models. Save on every model in every size. Even Simmons and Beautyrest Black hybrid mattresses are on sale. Receive even larger discounts on all Serta models that are being updated. With every mattress purchase, receive bonus buys on all frames, pillows, sheets, and adjustable bases. Start sleeping better this spring with a new mattress from Moss Holders Design Center. Moss Holders mattress sale ends this Saturday. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Mother's Day is almost here, and you want to customize the perfect gift to show your love and appreciation for all that your mom has done for you. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they've got you covered. Their exquisite collection of jewelry features a wide range of styles from classic to modern, from simple to tailor-made. They have something for every taste and budget. Visit Legacy Diamond and Gems today and give your mom the gift that she'll cherish for years to come. Happy Mother's Day from Legacy Diamond and Gems at 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. Every mattress at Moss Holders Design Center is on sale now. 
Serta is updating their mattress lineup this spring, and Moss Holders needs to make room for the new models. Save on every model in every size. Even Simmons and Beautyrest Black hybrid mattresses are on sale. Receive even larger discounts on all Serta models that are being updated. With every mattress purchase, receive bonus buys on all frames, pillows, sheets, and adjustable bases. Start sleeping better this spring with a new mattress from Moss Holders Design Center. Moss Holders mattress sale ends this Saturday. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. Have you started your spring cleaning yet? Oh, I need to get on that. You know what's really important to do in the spring that often gets overlooked? What's that? Replacing the cabin and engine air filters in your vehicles after driving on the mucky winter roads. And remember, we service all makes and models, including domestics. I didn't think about that. And for the month of May, we're offering 50% off all cabin and engine air filters when you get the oil change in your car or truck at Sheridan Honda. For all your service and repair needs, visit Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For those who suffer from addiction, whether it be to drugs or alcohol, life is seen through a different set of eyes. For those who have suffered from addiction, it can be difficult to describe the pain that guides you to others. For the second part of the show this morning, I am joined by Dr. Jason Ackerman, MD from Sheridan Memorial Hospital's Addiction and Internal Medicine Clinic. Good morning, doctor, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here. I, I really appreciate you coming mm-hmm. in. Um, this is something that I've talked about on the show quite a bit, mm-hmm. psychologists, uh, other doctors, as much mm-hmm. as I can, treatment uh, centers. Uh, as, a, as a veteran, I, I didn't take the right route when I got home. Instead, mm-hmm. I, I put everything into a bottle and, uh, and had to overcome that later on in life. So it is something that I take very seriously. It is something that I think everyone needs to be able to sit down and have a very candid conversation about. And so I really do appreciate your time because as a medical doctor who treats addiction, uh, you can answer questions that a lot of people can't. And, and the first one that I've got right off the bat, Doc, what really is addiction? That's a great question. And so I think we look at addiction you know, you have to hit certain characteristics, but really what we, what we see is it's when people use a substance or an activity and it starts to take control of their lives, they lose control. And so some of those, those characteristics that we look at when we're talking about substances specifically, we say, well, the body gets adapted to a substance, so it can't function normally without it. Um, people start using longer and more than they intended to. But then also it has those social consequences where people stop being able to fulfill those family and social obligations. They struggle with work, they struggle with relationships. And then it just starts eating into time. Like people spend a lot of time using and then recovering and trying to find out the way to use next. And so it's really kind of that loss of control that you have with a substance. Uh, For me, it was a reward system. You know, um, hey, hard day's work. You get mm-hmm. to go home and drink. Uh, you did this today. You you know, there's 10,000 excuses from mm-hmm. here to the car. Now, what are some of the things that can happen in the body once that addiction takes hold? And, and I know that's very dependent on the addiction itself, but uh, just a general uh, a change in the human body. So you're right. It really depends on, on the substance. And you know, in a lot of ways it's interesting. So when we look at opioid addiction, for example, you know, it really affects the way the brain functions. 
well people are using it really affects the way the body is functioning but at the same time when people can stop using opioids there's relatively little damage in the long run the brain bounces back most of the body functions bounce back but then you look at other substances so alcohol for example um affects nearly every neurotransmitter in the brain so it can really affect both that mental and emotional health um, the way cognition works the way your brain works but it affects the entire body the liver can go into failure we can struggle with kidney function we can struggle with cardiovascular disease it's one of the big risks for heart attacks and strokes and stimulants i mean methamphetamines can do kind of the same thing like we really worry about those cardiovascular risks the risks to the heart risks to the brain um and so it, it's somewhat substance dependent um then there's all of the bad things that people do to themselves while they're intoxicated too. So there's, there's a lot of risks that can kind of go into that. Uh, yeah, there's, I've got some horror stories <laughs> from stuff like that. Now, uh, once we dry out or we, we remove the drug from the system, everyone, you know, has heard about the detoxes, the DTs, mm -hmm. everyone's heard about the, the horrible withdrawals. What really is withdrawal? What's going on in the body itself? Yeah, that's uh, another great and kind of complex question. Usually we think of it primarily in terms of the, the neurotransmitters, in terms of what's really driving the really miserable detoxification process. But when you look at essentially every addictive drug out there, the, the big changes are, are kind of in the, the dopamine structure, so kind of that reward. That's kind of our reward and motivation neurotransmitter there. And so people start getting kind of less and less benefit each time they use a substance, but at the same time, it reduces the rewards for everything else. So those healthy, those healthy distractions, so work relationships, everything else. And so as people start to come off those substances, those changes don't just don't go away uh, very quickly. And so people still have that, you know, that lack of motivation, that, kind of ongoing depression, ongoing um, struggle, just kind of getting things done. But now we're complicating it with all of the other physical dependencies of the body. So, you know, again, it is substance dependence. Alcohol is one of those that is extremely dangerous because as you become more and more dependent on that, if you stop large amounts cold turkey, you can actually go into those, those DTs, those delirium tremens or seizures. And so, you know, these things actually can be fatal. Some of the other substances, um, stimulants and methamphetamines can lead to psychosis and people can have hallucinations and paranoia and delusions, um, opiate withdrawal, uh, we, we typically say is, is not fatal. Like it, it's not going to, to kill anybody, but people wish they were dead. It's a really miserable, miserable feeling. And, and so with all of these things, you have those physical symptoms, you know, people have nausea and diarrhea and you can't eat and you can't sleep and everything just seems absolutely terrible. So it's, it's really that coming down off of substance for a lot of people that is one of the reasons they keep using because it feels so bad to stop that, um, it's, it's hard to overcome. Why put myself through that hell? Right. Exactly. Like, honestly, we break it down to that and it's, you keep telling me everything's going to be great when I quit and right. it's the worst couple days of my life. Right. Uh, I tried to get off nicotine once. Yeah. Wow. You want to talk about a, a horrible, I, I still use actually. Yeah. yeah I, I vape. Now, when we look at the odds of someone breaking addiction alone, mm -hmm. where 
how successful is just going cold turkey by yourself? I'm going to get off this opioid. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, not great. Um, so again, it's, it's substance dependent and, and it kind of looks at what study you're looking at, but in, in a lot of cases, you know, those odds can be as low as two, 3% success rates. Um, and then that's each individual quit attempt. So, so kind of that mantra is, you know, you just keep quitting until you actually quit. And so for some people it takes quite a few times. Um, but I, but I think that's where, you know, that, that medical treatment comes in. That's where some of the other programs and social supports and mental health stuff becomes so important. And as we've gone along, I think that's where one of the biggest changes have been just these last, I would say even 10 years, probably more recently than that too. But our understanding of addiction as a disease model has really, really changed. And I think that's where some of that stigma from addiction comes yeah. from. I, th- I think people get very, very ashamed of that because historically we've we've treated addiction as just a series of bad choices. And we tell the person with substance use disorder that just stop doing it and everything will be better. Yeah, this is your fault, obviously. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so pull yourself up by your bootstraps and stop using, stop drinking. And, you know, as, as we've understood this more, like we, we truly understand that this is a disease process. Like we can trace the neurotransmitter changes at various stages of addiction. And we know that there are genes uh, throughout the body that make you much more prone to addiction and can be activated and turned on for some people with some substances. And so as we've learned more about this, now we can start taking that medical approach to it and actually treating people, you know, like a disease process. And that, that's drastically improved success rates. And, and I think also just made it more humane for people going through the treatment process. Like it's a, it's a very hard process to go through. And and I can attest to that. It is, it is not easy to do. And, you know, when you're carrying around a bunch of emotional baggage on top of it, Mm -hmm. you, you know, during the entire process, you start asking yourself why you're doing it, you know, because you beat yourself down. And, and so you, it tempts you more to go, just go back to it. Just remember how easy things were when you were drinking. Just go there. You exactly. Know? And, and, but once you get through it, it is all worth it. Can you tell me about the Sheridan Memorial Hospital addiction and uh, internal medicine clinic? Yeah. So th- this clinic is, um, this is just really cool. So um, I've I've been doing opioid addiction treatment basically since I, I started here at the hospital about 10 years ago. And that was just as part of my outpatient practice. I worked both covering the inpatient hospital and outpatient. And so when I was working outpatient, I would treat people with opiate addiction with um, uh, buprenorphine, suboxone, a medication that, that works well for that. And that panel just, my patient panel just kept growing and growing and growing. And so um, a couple of years that kind of became my main focus when I was doing outpatient medicine. And now that has, has grown enough that we just have a full-time clinic now. And it has been just an amazing group of people. So uh, we have two terrific nurses, um, Katie Collins and Shiloh Stainbrook, that actually went through and got additional certification to become certified addiction nurses. Um, spent a lot of time with that. Um, I have a physician's assistant, uh, Casey McKenzie, that works with me that has really focused on addiction. And um, we have another nurse, um, Lauren Rigorous, that has stepped in. Our, our admin person, um, Haley, is just amazing. So we have this very small group. And we basically just take care of the entire person. So our, our focus is on addiction, but we take care of the primary care. We kind of run everything for these patients because I think that addiction really colors 
how you have to look at all of the other health concerns. Yeah. You know, the, we, we'd have typical calculators for cardiovascular risk and everything that we love in internal medicine, but it doesn't take into account like alcohol use or if somebody was injecting methamphetamines for the last few years. And so it really colors how you have to look at people. And, and I think that's been really good for, for patients because they are able to come in finally and they have a place where they feel comfortable and we, we treat the whole person. So. And I think that's amazing as well. Um, because now we're, we're looking at an issue that is on my mind 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, and addicts and alcoholics know that it's always in the back of mm -hmm. your head. It's that it's that little monkey knocking on the back mm -hmm. of your head all the time. I'm still here. Now, uh, how do I uh, get involved if if I'm an addict and I'm ready? Um, how do I contact the addiction and internal medicine clinic? So um, it's it's just an easy phone call directly to us um, and. It can go through, again, our admin person, Haley, our nurses answer the phone. Like it's a very small clinic so we can talk to people directly and kind of about what to expect. Um, and so we have patients that are referred from other physicians. We have patients that are referred um, from mental health organizations. And we have pa patients that have just managed to find us on Google, which I think is pretty cool now and, and call up. And we're always happy to get people in as, as quickly as we can, because I think that's one of the other things too is, it is very tough in addiction when you are ready to make a change. You kind of need all of the support you can right at that moment. And so I think that is a very crucial moment. Could not agree more with that. Uh, if there's a wait list, well, we've got a problem. Right. Because uh, now I'm just going to say, well, I tried. Right. And, and no one was there for me. And so you tend to turn and go the other direction. Mm -hmm. So all I really got to do is just go down to Sheridan Memorial Hospital. Mm -hmm. and, and this is all outpatient. This is, this is all outpatient, yes. So then I'll just get appointments and I can come visit you and we can check up on my addiction. Is there counseling that is involved in this? So we, we don't necessarily mandate counseling for people to go through with this. And so we kind of try to meet people where, where they're at. But we've also been very, very fortunate. We've, um, we've partnered with uh, VOA, formerly Northern Wyoming Mental Health. Um, Great now, organization. Now part of the VOA. They are amazing there. And so they have just this incredible team of counselors. They have peer specialists, like patients that have gone through this journey or are still going through this journey. And so just all kinds of support. And so people can, can enroll in those mental health and behavioral health and those support programs along with what we do. And that's been just an amazing partnership. And with that, I think we, if you look at our, our success rates and our retention rates, so patients that kind of stick with the program, um, our numbers are just head and shoulders above national averages. And I think that really, really goes to that team approach with this, like rather than just saying, I can do this all myself, like leaning on the whole other people. And again, just kind of taking care of everything that the patient needs. Doc, I want to thank you so much for coming in today. Oh, absolutely. I greatly appreciate you and what you do. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sure. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash in a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Counting on God will be receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. 
Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. In this day and age, everyone's looking for a great value deal. Well, look no further than your locally owned McDonald's. The $3.50 value deal is available at your McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Choose from a McDouble, hot and spicy, or six-piece chicken McNuggets, plus a small fry for $3.50. Now that is a value. Don't forget to download the McDonald's app for even more great deals. Look no further for a great value deal than your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. After this long, hard winter, it's time to get out and enjoy some beautiful spring weather, but make sure your tires are ready, Chris Hayden. Bob, bring your vehicle down to Waring Chevrolet and let us take a look at the condition of your tires. If they need to be replaced, you don't need to wait for a tire sale because we offer all the major brand tire names with the price match guarantee. If you find a better price within 30 days of the purchase, we will refund the difference. Let's get your spring right on the road with new tires from Waring Sheridan Chevrolet. 107 East Alger. Go online and search for Sheridan Chevrolet. Are you ready, Wyoming? 40. Yes, 40 of the top PRCA bull riders and some seriously ranked bulls will be in Buffalo, Wyoming, Saturday, May 20th at the Johnson County Fairgrounds, competing to qualify for the NFR. It's a great night of vendors' food and tons of high-energy bucking with an after-party in the Cowboy Saloon. Get your tickets online at foreverwest.events or at the gate. For updates, like us on Facebook at Forever West Productions for updates. Are you a good listener? Has anyone ever accused you of being a problem solver? Someone who likes to help others have success? If so, Sheridan Media would like to talk to you. Have you ever posted something on social media that had all your friends and family laughing? Have you ever fought off a bear? If so, let's talk. Not necessarily about bears, we just think that would be a cool story. Here at Sheridan Media, we have a ton of fun helping businesses grow and we could use some more help. We're looking for an advertising and marketing professional. You'll earn a base salary plus commission and receive benefits like health, dental, and retirement. So if you or someone you know has marketing and advertising experience or any of the previously mentioned skills, please send your resume to jim at sheridanmedia.com. That's jim at sheridanmedia.com. Sheridan Media is an employee-owned and equal opportunity employer. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930.